You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How we doing this morning? Happy Monday to all of you. Happy Reaction Monday to all of you. lot to react to from over the weekend. Hope you're uh, doing well this morning. If you uh, are up with us, we thank you for that. We're with you till 10 a.m. We are back to the uh, we are back to the four hour Monday grind, baby. And we got a lot to talk about. What's going on, Seth? How you doing, man? I'm uh, I, boy, I'm like overwhelmed in a good way. Lots of, I think, more competitive playoff football than people expected, given the point spreads of some of these games. Albeit arrived at sloppily, I would say that that Bills game that Bills game was uh, just a sloppy, messy affair, and it it and it it felt. I wanted to be able to say, like, well, yeah, the Bills were winning the physical battles, but they were just turning the ball over too much. But it wasn't even as much that either. So I think that the Bills, I, I think the Bills, perhaps maybe just after two weeks of so much of this, like actual life and death drama, maybe were a little bit frazzled and frayed at the nerves. Yeah, that's and true. So maybe that'll maybe that'll change this next that, week. That, that's true. I like, Put it this way. I mean, the Bills are lucky it was Skylar Thompson on the other end of that game or else they're yeah. home. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Skylar Thompson was terrible. That game, they had to postpone the start of the Vikings-Giants game because the Dolphins-Bills game was running so long. And I... I was doing my Sunday show. I'm back doing the Sunday show on CBS, and that game was going on while I was on the air. And I'm looking at the clock. I'm going, man, this game is going really long. I wonder why. And I look at the box score. I like to do box score forensics. Like, why is this? I wonder if I can tell from the box score. Oh, yeah, there it is. Skylar Thompson has thrown 27 incomplete passes in this game. <laughs> That's why the game is lasting yeah. four hours. <laughs> it was... Um... It was really sloppy early It was rough. On. It was rough. And it wasn't even, I mean, you know, John, John, like all these quarterbacks, I don't know, these young super genius quarterbacks, they're, they're, they just don't look so so super genius much these days. Some of the curious interceptions um, that these guys will throw. Like Tyler Huntley last night threw a pick that, uh, you know, your first instinct is like, well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's what you're going to get. But you're getting that from all these guys. Yeah. Um, I also thought you saw, like in the case of the Chargers game, okay, let's see, in the case of the Chargers game, I think Trevor Lawrence looked like he was perhaps weirdly shaken or not, like uh, maybe um, a little bit nervous by by being in the playoffs, and that guy's been in some big games before, but by the second half, he was the exact opposite. He was just nails. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I just it was a, it wasn't a glorious week of even though there were competitive games that came down to the the wire, it, it felt more like the clutch moments were decided by mistakes more than great play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the, uh, going all the way to the Sunday game last night. You're right, Seth. Starting with the starting with the the Niners Seahawks game, the early game on Saturday, that was a fumble by Geno Smith that really flipped that game. Um, the 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 Saturday night game, the one you touched on with the Jags and the Chargers, 
That one, I mean, there wasn't like a signature mistake that the Chargers made to allow that game to flip. Maybe other than right at the end of the half where they tried to get fancy on a third and inches and they fumbled the yeah. ball and then the, the Jags were able to get a touchdown going into the half, which I thought was huge. But yeah, just in the Bills game was super sloppy. You're right. And then last game, the big one was last night's game between the Bengals and the Ravens. If you're just waking up and you didn't stay up for the, the remainder of that game, the Bengals move on, but like as Seth touched on, a lot of these underdogs were feisty this weekend, and the Ravens were feisty in that game last night. They're driving for a go-ahead touchdown. They're down at the one-yard line in a goal-to-go situation, and instead of giving the ball to J.K. Dobbins, who had been just piecing throughout the night, they try to do a Tyler Huntley jump over the pile, reach out, QB sneak, and Logan Wilson knocks the ball out of his hands right into uh, right into Hubbard's hands, and he takes yeah. it nine. He he gets a big guy touchdown, ninety eight yards the other way, and the game's over. You know that's well, and that, and that was flipped. one too that like Tyler Huntley wasn't supposed to be leaping like that. It was you've got like three guys behind you. Yeah. You're supposed to just barrel through there like a battering ram. And uh, John Harbaugh very quickly sold out Tyler Huntley after the game and explaining that. So and John Harbaugh was feisty last night too. Yeah, John Harbaugh was giving it to Melissa Stark at halftime. Yeah. Um, yeah, J- uh, J.K. Dobbins didn't touch the ball down there. He was all up in his emotions afterwards. For a guy that had been min- injured half the year and was kind of on a limited snap count, he was very upset that he didn't get the, he didn't get the ball. I thought that there's one thing that annoyed me, and it's going to continue to annoy me because I think this team is going to be doing very well uh, in the playoffs. Uh, listen, can we stop giving Brock Purdy credit for everybody else on the 49ers being awesome? I, I every damn headline is something about Brock Purdy. This one right here. Will Brock Purdy ever play like a rookie? Well, yeah, he did in the first half of that game. He was <laughs> god awful. Yeah, and it's true. Like he just he's throwing the ball behind guys even in the second half when he was very good. They've got so many studs on that team from Christian McCaffrey to um to Ayuk even like Ayuk 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 it doesn't get enough credit because he's got three other guys and uh that make more oh, big yeah. plays and Kittle Debo um, Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel is yeah. a running back or is that that's a problem like at any given time the five skill position players on their field can play any position pretty well yes like, they can all move to running back they can all split out the wide receiver right uh, check can do the same hey, thing he, if you want Brock Purdy to look like a rookie send him over here and plunk him in Pep Hamilton's offense yeah no now he's looked good <laughs> sure he'll but look I, like a rookie yeah yeah if you want to get the absolute worst out of him I think the biggest thing that he does compared to maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is that he extends plays yeah. he's pretty athletic and but even there when he's extending the play Shanahan has everybody coached up so well and usually with Shanahan play design the whole defense is kind of shifted to one side of the field so when you start to scramble there ends up being wide open guys you know so some of those extended plays that Purdy made were just to wide open running backs which is great and then the well I have to give him a lot of credit for the play where he came all the way from the left side line scrambled all the way over to the right side line through just an absolute dime to Ayuk, and Ayuk dropped it yeah. uh, in the corner, back corner of the end zone. Yep, yep. So I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Purdy, but I do feel like the 49ers are much more about the fact that they are just an incredibly well-constructed and coached team, Yeah, more so than it's Brock Purdy the hero or anything. I feel like 40 to 50% of the juice that the Brock Purdy story gets is because he was Mr. Irrelevant. 
Not yeah. not just that he was a day three pick; that he was literally the last pick in the draft. That's that's. I think that's a lot of it. Um, and it's all. I mean, he's a third string quarterback, and it's right. It's just we've seen this time and time again with Shanahan. Yeah. Or it's it, the same way it was with running backs back in the old days of Kubiak Shanahan. It felt like there were any number of running backs you could stick in there to get a thousand yards. Yeah. Um, so like, let's 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 hold off on count, tell, calling every single running back, for instance, uh, the Arian Foster or anything. Right. It takes right. a little bit more than that for for Brock Purdy to be the next John Elway. Texans had a couple interviews this weekend for their head coaching job. We'll talk about that as the show rolls on. But the two Eagle coordinators, Seth, interviewed over the weekend, Shane Steichen. And Jonathan Gannon, who for Jonathan Gannon, it's getting to be a tradition like no other to interview for the Texans' head coaching job every year. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm curious about both these guys. I've got some audio I have to send you from both of them. Oh, I think they're both really good at what they do, and obviously the Eagles are both very good on on offense and defense. I talked to Ross Tucker. I had lunch with him this weekend, and he's from the Philly area. He covers them, does their preseason games, all that. And and I was curious, like, how come? Why are Eagles fans so down on Jonathan Gannon as a defensive coordinator? You look at him and they're they're like top three in just about every important category. And he said he gave me a much more detailed version of what you had said, Sean, which is um, uh, you got to understand Philly fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will never be happy, especially on defense. They they're never going to be happy unless they have a Buddy Ryan who blitzes all the time. You have seventy sacks on defense, and then and then when they let up a big play, they can just blame the cornerbacks because who are stuck out there in zero coverage. That's you know? Philly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So and and Gannon, if you think about his philosophy, Gannon's philosophy is it's very much a bend but don't break, which people hate. Except that if you're not actually – people hate bend but don't break off defenses because usually they actually break. Usually it's bend, bend, oh, and then we let up a touchdown. Right. Bend, bend, don't break can be good because a lot of times it does create more opportunities for turnovers on defense, to create turnovers. But what happens with the Eagles is they allow offenses to complete a lot of balls. So, like, they'll see they'll, – they'll go into a game and, you know, teams will complete 70-plus percent on them, and Philly fans are besides themselves with rage over the fact that they just won a game 48-7, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But look, look at the, the – you know, Gannon's about to blow the game. Look at the won, completion percentage. <laughs> one by four touchdowns, but, I mean, cripes. Yeah, at some point, at some point, that's 70 – 70% completion percentage is going to get you. I wish that's all they said was cripes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We, uh, <laughs> uh, all right. We're off and running on a reaction Monday. We'll talk more about the Texans head coaching search for sure as we go on. A lot of nuggets from over the weekend in the NFL. A lot of nuggets. Hey, today's, today's kind of a big day if you're a Texan fan who wants a quarterback in the NFL draft. This has not been getting a lot of attention, but it should get a ton of attention today and we will tell you what it is next this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, today's kind of a big day. Unless, unless something happened overnight that I'm not aware of, and I made sure to do a Google search. Um, for those of us, and I say us, first person, those of us who've been saying, well, oh, the Texans have the second pick. They're guaranteed either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud if they want either one of them. There's only one problem with that. C.J. Stroud has not declared for the draft yet. Right, yeah. It's <laughs> and today's the day. C.J. Stroud, who, who may be making anywhere between $1 and $4 million per year on NAL deals. Who knows? It's a lot. It's way more. It's way more than a like thirty five dollar meal stipend, right? Or whatever athletes used to get, you yes. know, when back when uh, when Arian Foster's position coach was buying Taco Bell illegally for for right. guys on the team. Yep. things have gotten a little bit different. Yep. CJ Stroud is not calling his position coach complaining about how they. He's not. <laughs> not that we yeah. know of. No. So CJ Stroud, the quarterback for Ohio State. Um, has not declared yet. Today is the day. Today is the deadline. So we've heard at least nothing that I've seen. If anybody's seen anything, text it in. But I've seen no conjecture one way or the other, other than every mock draft that I see has C.J. Stroud going to a team no later than the fourth or fifth pick in the draft. So it's not just the Texans. There's a handful of teams that are counting on C.J. Stroud either being in the draft to take him or at least pushing quarterbacks down to get you know Will Levis to them or somebody like it's, that. It's um, I, it's if if he's if the main thing driving his decision is that he wants to win a national championship or he wants to you know win a Heisman, uh, but especially the national championship side thing. Maybe he wants to beat Michigan. Uh, like if those things are driving him. You know, and I don't really have any argument against that. I think that's really good. I know that some people, some people think that's idiotic. I just like, I think there's some people that genuinely are not 100% motivated by money in this life. Yeah. Um, that's what Peyton Manning did, you know, theoretically back when, when he could have just left and been a number one overall draft pick, but he wanted to win a national championship. So it's, it's easier. To, it's easier now to make that decision if you also are going to make a couple million dollars. This, like he might be turning down tens of millions of dollars guaranteed, but he's still going to make a couple million dollars and have a chance to be a national championship winning quarterback at Ohio State. That's a pretty nice blend and mix right there. A couple million bucks, and there is talk out there, rumor out there that Ohio State that their NIL collective or group or whatever yeah. it is. <clears throat> that they're trying to, you know, find some room under the cap, so to speak. Well, yeah, that's where it's almost. This almost feels like a negotiating tactic. Yeah, where it's C.J. Stroud negotiating with dozens and dozens of potential endorsers. You know, it. it I, I have. It gets very, very murky as to just what is and what isn't allowed. But I there. There's a chance that he might just be really trying to figure out what the final tally is on all the money that he could make this year. I still. 
I also wonder too where maybe he's maybe he doesn't feel as secure as a lot of mock drafters do that he'd go top five and maybe he feels like he needs more seasoning to Mm -hmm. to be sure that he can do that you know the knock on the knock on recent Ohio State quarterbacks I know I know Ohio State hasn't produced a great quarterback all that I don't worry about it from coach to coach or scheme to scheme Mm -hmm. these guys have just been in such awesome offenses that it's hard for evaluators to to say like okay well yeah that's he's just a really good quarterback or is it that the scheme is making him look so good so he might feel like there's a few specific things he wants to work on to to be more polished as well as win a national championship yeah um and then be more of an ironclad top three pick I think we should point that out you you touched on it and it's a good point he's got the nil stuff over here that he's going to make seven figures in nil so it's not going to be what he would make on his rookie signing bonus if he were a top five pick. The signing bonus is over $20 million. So it's yeah. it's a drastic difference in money. But you touched on the accomplishment part of this. And I we should stress that because while he's piled up big numbers and he had a really good bowl game in his first year as the starter against Utah, and he had a great game. Like his, his signature game was a loss to Georgia in the playoff. Like that was his signature game. He's 0-2 against Michigan. He's not won the Big Ten championship. He's been a Heisman finalist. So he's been the bridesmaid in a lot of ways as opposed to being the bride. So I could see where C.J. Stroud, if you've got the security of some NIL money, you know, the risk obviously is injury. You know, if you suffer an injury that severely, severely impacts your yeah. your draft stock. Um, but uh, I'm as a Texan fan, I'm a little bit nervous right now. The, the big difference between you know the big difference between somebody like Lamar Jackson holding out for more money or Dak Prescott you know pushing it down and and, and you know gambling on themselves is that they've generally already made life altering money and over the first few or over the first few years of their season mm-hmm. um I guess that's the big question is CJ Stroud made life altering money, right? Which uh, like a million dollars, a lot of money and it's life altering in a lot of ways, but he's not going to be, you know, living in the lap of luxury off of that for the rest of his life. Yeah, generational versus, wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Generational wealth. So I think last year, um, Last year, number one overall, Trayvon Walker's contract was 37 million. Sounds right. And uh, that, those are generally fully guaranteed these days, or most rookie contracts are fully guaranteed. So 37 million guaranteed is generational, big time, I am officially rich money yep. um, versus however much money he's making now and to gamble on perhaps either having a bad season, getting injured. I mean, getting, <laughs> you get benched for somebody who knows, who the hell knows um that's a that's a hefty gamble on oneself i respect the i respect the cojones that it takes but yep. it's a hefty gamble um the the part that i'm mentally preparing myself for seth if cj stroud does indeed go back to school or maybe just doesn't announce like today may come and go and he doesn't announce and they're going to go to him next time he's going to be like yeah i just didn't want to go pro why do i have to announce that i'm staying in school i'm 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 in i'm enrolled at ohio state the thing I'm mentally preparing myself for tomorrow, if C.J. Stroud does not come out, is the complete rehashing of why did the Texans win that last game? All they had to do was lose the last game, and you're guaranteed Bryce Young. Now they got to trade up to get Bryce Young. Or or maybe they like Will Levis from Kentucky. 
It does. I don't um, necessarily like Will Levis, but maybe they like Will Levis. Maybe the Texans, if they, maybe the Texans don't draft a quarterback this year, which you know that's a whole separate issue. But if they were to not draft a quarterback and C.J. Stroud doesn't come out, uh, theoretically, it could increase the value of that number two overall pick, especially if the Bears, uh, if the Bears decide not to trade, then right. all of a sudden the there's a scarcity thing going on there. Yep. You only got one guy in the draft that's uh, that's that's considered uh, like the t- of, of the current top two. Only one of them is Bryce Young. I don't think Will Levis gets elevated to the same status as those two guys. Uh, at least that's not what it looks like right now. No, no. I mean, unless some team falls in love with him. Word on the, the I, I did see some you know smoke this weekend that Indianapolis really likes Will Levis. Who knows? It's hard to believe stuff in January. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just so much smoke. Indianapolis likes a lot of the same coaching candidates that we like. That is true. They do indeed. They interviewed Evero. The Texans. The Texans have put in a request for Evero. Do they have the interview scheduled yet? I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't, is Evero turning his nose up at me? I did a deep dive on Evero. I've got. Uh, I've, I've started to really like him. If he turns his nose up at us, I'm going to be upset. What do you like about him? Because I know nothing about him. Um, I I really like his um. Well, his defense performed very well. Sure, which, there's like, that, and it and it was better than the previous year's Denver Broncos defense. Yep. Um, he has a demeanor about him that is very much like, uh, like no nonsense, but with a charisma about it. Mm-hmm. I'm worried with Gannon and Steichen that these guys seem a little bit like classic coordinators. I feel like they might like Gannon's very. Very like intense all the time, but in a way that I don't know if he has the personality that a lot of head coaches that have to you know work work with people do. So I watch I like watching the mic'd ups of guys out at practice, and Evero kind of started to win me over with his almost almost his bedside manner, the way he interacts with the players, and he is another classic guy that just. Um, I think people, you you see it said about him that you're like, all right, this guy's going places. Like, okay, this this guy's going to be a head coach someday. He's just uh, he's got that entire mindset about him. Have you seen anything about D'Amico? I have not seen any movement yeah, on D'Amico. Yeah, just the request. I do have I have a bit of audio from the game on Saturday oh, that good. I, I want to play for you next. That okay. I feel showed exactly why D'Amico Ryan's is going to be a great head coach. Oh, good. Okay, well, let's yeah. do, we'll do that at the top of the hour. So 7 o'clock, okay. we'll, we'll circle back to that. Um, the, circling back to the playoffs in this next segment, the game of the weekend, I think, was the Saturday night game with the Jags coming back against the Chargers. There's certainly plenty of AFC South angles with that one. <laughs> the one thing, other than the Chargers charging in that game, that got everybody worked up was the performance, or maybe lack thereof, of Al Michaels on the call. So let's let's see if the criticism was fair of broadcasting legend Al Michaels in that Saturday night game, the win, the Jags 31-30 win over the Chargers. We'll do that next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. 
And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Really competitive weekend of playoff football. Some of the games with big spreads on them were much more competitive than we thought they'd be, particularly the two Yesterday, the early game and the late game yesterday. Ravens last night against the Bengals really gave the Bengals all they could handle. Bills kind of kept the Dolphins in that game, but kudos to the Dolphins. <clears throat> Hanging around with Skylar Thompson as their quarterback, giving themselves a chance to win. I would say the game of the weekend, though, Seth, just in terms of the um, the, the drama plus the storylines, um, is the or was the Jags 31-30 win over the Chargers on Saturday night, you know, with the Chargers blowing a 27-0 lead that you could really start to feel late in the half and early in the third quarter like, "Oh yeah, this could be another Charger meltdown." It was uh and it was the matchup of two quarterbacks who have been dubbed, you know, to the bright young rising next great quarterbacks. Yeah. And everything everything that you might dislike about the Chargers came up in the second half of the Chargers. <laughs> like, Brandon Staley <laughs> with a 27-point lead running the ball like five times for the rest of the game. I'm, I will, I'll give him a break on that, but only partly because the reason they didn't run the ball that much is because they were averaging two yards per carry from their running backs. Yeah. Their quarterback, if you, if you take out the quarterback runs, their, their running backs were really, really bad. So, Brandon Staley, who's... Who's all about the new age analytics, remember? Which I'm cool with, as long as you balance it out with some, uh, you know, old school horse sense. Kind of like old Doug Peterson does on the other sideline. So, being able to run the ball and or stop the run tends to matter. And I think the, the Chargers had a really good first half game plan. They were pouncing on everything over the middle that the Jaguars had been successful doing previously this season against the Chargers. But the... the but the Jaguars just flat out figured it out. Yeah. They started attacking the other areas of the field, um, you know, down the sideline deep, uh, different spots in the zone coverage um, uh, underneath. And, and Trevor Lawrence did a really good job. Meanwhile, if you don't like Justin Herbert, which I know you don't, Sean, Justin Herbert, <laughs> Justin Herbert is six foot six, but because he chooses to throw the ball like a sidearm pitcher. He's got more batted passes than anybody in the league. That is weird. Several. That yeah, is weird. Yeah. Yes, he had a lot of passes knocked down. Yes. he's. I mean, it's not weird for him. That's just his wacky delivery. Yeah. He's got this three-quarter arm delivery. Or, he, you know, and he does, he does that thing, too, that sometimes Stafford used to be like this. I think sometimes because people compliment some of the highlight throws he makes, throwing it side-armed, that I think he feels like it's an asset. And not a not a a, a, a scourge because yeah. man he looked awful. Yep. So yeah, the Jaguars just uh, they flat out outplayed him in the second half. Except you would never know it 
by watching the broadcast, if you were like only half paying attention, which I'll be honest, I was in the third quarter only half paying attention, trying to get the rest of these games lined up for the weekend. And you look up and all of a sudden you're like, wow, um, these two old fellas, Al Michaels and Tony Dungy, who are broadcasting the game, are just having a, a, a nice, pleasant chat while the Jaguars have reeled the game back to within 10 points. Yes, yes. And, the, and, and while the Chargers are doing, not only doing what they've been famous for over the history of their franchise, going back to their San Diego days, um, but something that Brandon Staley, I read a lot of articles, Seth, on Sunday about the Chargers in the aftermath of this game. Brandon Staley, one, I mean, he is one of his stated missions and mantras has been to eradicate the word chargering, to get oh. rid of this dark cloud of choking that's hung over this franchise. And in, in attempting to do so, he went and wrote probably the most prominent chapter in the history of this book of chargering on Saturday night. Yeah, it was the third biggest comeback in NFL playoff history. That's right. So, um, so here was, so imagine this, the Jags coming back at home in that environment from down 27, nothing Seth just pointed out an historic comeback for the ages and they did it with a last second field goal and they did it with a last second field goal. Well, I just want to set it up, Sean. Yeah. Al Michaels is broadcasting the game and a lot of people got excited because they thought, Oh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Cool. That's a big game. Yeah. No, 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 no. Chris Collinsworth, you remember, has a new partner, Mike, Mike Tirico. That's right. Al Michaels is back just uh, on a limited time engagement. So they said, why don't you go with the last guy on earth you would ever think should be a color commentator, even if you like him as a person and maybe even as a broadcaster, uh, Tony Dungy. Right. Oh, milk toast, quiet. Um, is he whispering? Nope, that's him talking. Yep. Tony Dungy yep. instead of uh, Chris Collinsworth. So yeah, that, it was an entire the entire affair was a solemn one it, between these two. I and I was actually enjoying Dungy somewhat when it was a blowout because I felt like oh, okay, it's just a nice conversation between a couple yeah. guys. It got bad in the second half as they started coming back. Here was the culmination of it: the last second field goal to win the game. Take a listen. This is a last second field goal. For the the Jags, who haven't been to the playoffs in five years, coming yeah. back from down twenty-seven, nothing. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field, but there's a penalty marking. Offside, defense number twenty-six. And they call it on the defense. Unbelievable. Uh, that, that is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was it was a Joe Buck moment where you're like, am I am I okay? Like, shouldn't I be excited about this? Right. What's going on here? Why? Right. Like, you almost you okay? There's a flag, but okay, why are you still subdued, Michael? What's going? on? Are there two flags? He's, why? What's, he, what's going on? He sounds like one of his kids wanted to take was asking him to like take him to the mall or something like that. At that, so he sounds totally yeah. inconvenienced. By yeah, this last yeah. second field goal. That <laughs> this thing turned into. I had already, midway through the third quarter, I had already changed my flight out because right. I figured it was uh, yeah. a blowout. All right, now, you went and got a couple alternate calls of that field goal just so we can show people that we're not being unfair to Al Michaels, right? Right, right. So, um, first we'll go with Ian Eagle, okay. who is broadcasting the game with Jason McCourty. Uh, I cut Jason's part out on here because it's, uh, it's, it's I don't He's know. kind of Dungy-esque? Felt Kurt Warner-ish almost. Yeah, okay. it was. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, he's young at it. He'll get better. Yeah. Um. So here's Ian Eagle. And here we go. Man. 
Matisic, the snapper. Cook, the holder. Patterson sweeps the leg. 36-yard attempt. It is good! (laughs) Jacksonville wins it! The Jaguars down 27 points come from behind. The roar of the Jaguars is real. Oh, not uh, bad. Roar of the Jaguars is real. Solid B yeah. plus, I would say. That was a good call. That was a B plus. Yeah. His, um, I, I felt the the roar of the Jaguars is real felt a little canned, which yeah. is fine, I suppose. At yeah. least it was something. Al Michaels just it's went <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's like, give him a, keep, at the, least Ian Eagle's putting in the effort, you know? It's unbelievable. Uh, the Jaguars are named after a large cat that occupies right. one third of the continental right, United right. States. Yeah. Your move, Tony. Like, turns out yeah. they're playing cribbage <laughs> during the game, <laughs> during the second half. So, as we have to do, um, we have to explain to you yes, this is why. Uh, when you're in high school and you get frustrated because, like, well, how come, like, how, why do the girls all like that foreign exchange student? Mm. Well, because you're Al Michaels, and then there's this guy. Yeah. Aquí está el juego. Aquí está la historia. Y está dentro. Está dentro. Patterson le dice, no hay, no en mi casa, no con mi gente, y no en mi cara. <laughs> was he saying not in my house? I, I, yeah, I think, think he was, so. in, was Doug Peterson saying not in my house. I, think I don't he, know. I think he was. We need so, a, so we need Ellie Escobar to come in and translate the, or the call for us. Or the trailer will and frame text line. Just text us in. Yeah. What was he saying there at the end? Like not my house and not something else. Yeah. Play, hey Ben, play it one more time in case they missed it. Uh, Aquí está el juego. Aquí está la historia. Y está dentro. Está dentro. Patterson le dice. Yeah, yeah, def- that, no, I think it's Mikasa. yeah, I think yeah. it's definitely not in my house. But help us out, uh, trailer wheel and frame text page. Um, good call. Um, you mentioned Tarico. Uh, yeah, so Tarico, just to give you a taste of what what Al uh, what Al was replaced by, and where <laughs> where Chris Collinsworth, Chris Collinsworth. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, I got to tell you, I love Tarico. I, I think Tarico is just incredible. I think he's because Tarico can go from sport to sport, game to game, and not miss a beat and be dropping little nuggets in. Set the uh, like, the guys from ZZ Top. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you – you, were you ready to toss to it there, Seth? You sound like you were still talking. I was, but sure, go for it. Okay, got, yeah. Season on the line, fourth and 20. Can Tyler Huntley do it? Four-man rush, retreating, puts it up for grabs, and it is – Deflected in Trochet, almost had it! He couldn't bring it in! And the Bengals survive! Wow! Now that's yeah, a so, call. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's how you call the final play of a game there from Mike Tirico, who's now Al Collinsworth, or uh, Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, partner. yeah. So I feel like Chris Collinsworth kind of, Chris Collinsworth kind of traded in his spouse for a hussy. Uh, yeah, I don't know wanted, if I can respect Chris he Collinsworth He wanted now. something a little saucier, man. It was something younger and something uh, a little bit one of the newer models. Getting tired of the yeah. same old thing every night, you know? Well, ben was just doing a drop, wasn't he? He was, he was. Yeah, I, okay. I didn't know. I've, what is that drop, Ben? I've never heard it before. 
It's Tariko saying Seth's fired up to meet the guys from ZZ Top. Oh, yeah, okay. Fired up to meet the guys from ZZ Top. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> Sorry that about that. That was the expansion draft I, when I was introduced by uh, – I was uh, I, I was announced by a couple of the members of ZZ Top. Gotcha. Okay, we've never played that hotkey before, so I, I'm, I, I'm not apologizing for getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, just I guess just for purposes of uh, an Al Michaels to Al Michaels comparison, before people think that um, – before people think we're being maybe unfair to an older Al Michaels, I will. Let's draw a comparison here. Al Michaels, I think you could argue this might be the most famous call in the history of sports, and he authored this one. This is what Al Michaels used to sound like. Honestly, this is from back in 1980, but not all that long ago, this was what Al Michaels used to sound like. The Clanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. I mean, he had it in him yeah. at one point. But he probably – I feel like Al Michaels might be a little bit like a, like an aging rock star who, like, maybe the secret sauce was that he would drink a fifth of whiskey before every performance. And you can't do that as you get older. No. So, like, now without, without the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, uh, maybe Al just can't turn in those same performances. I don't know. The other thing is – we know this about Al Michaels. Like Brent yeah. Musburger, he gambles on games. And openly shows Uh-oh. his emotion. There, there's a very good. I can't believe I'm not sticking up for him in this respect. Um, maybe I am now. There's a good chance he was losing money on that. There's one. a good chance he had Chargers like Chargers minus two and a half or something like that. He can't. I, I feel like because those guys get to do pregame interviews with the coaches and get all kinds of inside information. Yeah. And and coaches are motivated to give those guys inside information because then they they get a little bit more glow during the podcast. I feel like uh, he shouldn't be allowed to gamble on, at the very least, the games that he's covering. I, I mean, it's. I'm a little surprised that it hasn't come up. Seriously, yeah. like I, that's a really good point by you. That that's inside information in some ways. Yeah. So. Oh, speaking of those pregame meetings, though, Sean, mm-hmm. just real quick. Yeah. The uh, as I was talking to Ross Tucker, Ross Ross, who covers Philadelphia a lot, says that in those those pre-broadcast interviews with. Both Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. He's like those guys are just so dialed in, like are they, they are super. And he said Gannon. Is, it seemed like he's. It seemed, we didn't get to talk about Steichen, but he was very, very impressed with Gannon. Just how smart he is. Um, he's very analytically minded, but you know, still very much a football coach. Mm-hmm. So I think in some ways that's the kind of maybe AJ Hinch type of model that they're looking for. Yeah, or like a lot of teams these days are looking for a guy that's got the, the nuts and bolts. I can coach people, but I also get the analytical side. I was watching these games this weekend in two respects: one as a fan, and two as a Texan fan slash Texans media member, and watching these games through the prism of coaching. You know, yeah. the watch, looking at the coaches and going, okay, is that somebody that would have made a great coach for the Texans? Is that somebody who makes me feel better or worse about a certain coaching tree or things like that? I would say of the five games that have been played so far this weekend that the main Texans takeaway that I've seen from people or been hit with with people is, so we didn't interview Brian Dayball, eh? <laughs> uh, yeah. didn't, even, yeah. <laughs> didn't even kick tires on Brian Dayball, who seems to have remade the culture and the offense and rehabilitated Daniel Jones's career uh, yeah. in New York. Yeah, yeah. So, and I said, no, we didn't. Doug Peterson. <laughs> um, Doug Peterson. Don't need no retreads around here. Right. Except when they actually turns out they're pretty good coaches. By the way, yeah, that and that's where Trevor Lawrence in the second half of that game 
that's when I started to get nervous about the future of the AFC South and that I think Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. You look at like you look at Justin Herbert. He's a tall quarterback. He's six foot six. And he's doing some things that frankly annoy the hell out of me. Um, because I feel like he might have he might have been he might have reached a little bit of a glass ceiling after advancing very rapidly. Trevor Lawrence in that game did what so many really good quarterbacks do, but they do it over and over again. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is Peyton Manning yet or anything. But Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, those guys, they learn as the game goes on, and they're different quarterbacks in the second half than they are in the first. And with Lawrence, I mean, he certainly can scramble, and he throws on the run magnificently well, but some of his really best work was standing tall in the pocket, like adjusting to multiple things thrown at him um, during a play in, in figuring it all out. You could just kind of see the gears operating more smoothly. Where in the first half, they flummoxed him. They they really they, they thought he thought he was seeing man and all of a sudden it was zone. And once he figured out exactly what they were doing to him though, they they made the adjustments in the second half and he, and he cracked the code. Did you see that the Jaguars the Jaguars were, I think I won't say roundly criticized, but people were skeptical of their spending in free agency this past offseason. Like, yeah, oh, that yeah. never works. It never works yeah. when you spend in free agency. Offensive- well, or they, plus that they were overspending in yeah. free agency. Yeah, like pay- for Christian Kirk and uh, some of these guys, they felt like they were just spending too much money. Yeah, they, they paid a premium for them, which is, look, when you're picking first in the draft, that's what you have to do. Get used to it, Texan fans. Like for the next couple of years, at least, the Texans will probably have to pay a little more to get guys that they want in free agency. But they were, they were, I would say, more criticized than praised for sure for, you mentioned Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan well, Ingram. Evan Ingram, yeah. Evan Ingram, they, the, the, the perception was they overpaid for all these guys. In that game on Saturday night, the three of them, Ingram, Kirk, and Jones, combined for 23 catches for 245 yards, and they each scored a touchdown in that game. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It was, it was how you drew it up when you signed him in free agency. So there's a good chance that Staley, um, there's a good chance he gets fired, but he does have some excuses. I mean, Mike Williams, a lot of people are blaming him for Mike Williams' broken back. Um, Look at the guy. He's, uh, he couldn't hurt a fly. How can you blame that man for anybody's broken back? Uh, J.C. Jackson not out there on the field. Yeah. So I think that some of, the, some of their very best players weren't out there. So if you're, if you're Brandon Staley arguing for your life, I would suppose you would you bring that up without trying to make it look like an excuse. Yeah. But um, that's a that's a hell of when you have the third when you have the third worst blown lead in playoff history and it's a f- it's basically because of the very things you're being criticized for. At the very least you got to get a new offensive coordinator. Like oh, that, yeah. that 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 Chargers offense just isn't as potent as it should right. be. Right. And the Texans cannot interview Joe Lombardi this year for their head coaching job. Not after that game on Saturday. He's the what OC. What if I told you that his grandfather is Vince Lombardi? I've been told that before and it hasn't moved me very much and it moves me less today. After, it, my, uh, just Brian Schottenheimer keeps getting brought up in head coach searches all the time yeah. because his last name's Schottenheimer. Right, I mean, right. And that's Schottenheimer. Imagine a Lombardi, Sean. That's imagine true. The, yeah. Imagine the prestige we would bring on this franchise if we ruined the Lombardi name. We, we basically get to claim all the Green Bay championships as our own yeah, if we yeah, have, if yeah. we have a, a descendant of Vince we're not, Lombardi. We're not, we're not Patriots South anymore. No. We're Lombardi down from the heavens. You got that yes. right. Um, all right. 
speaking of the Texans coaching search, Seth, you've got this audio of these candidates. Are you, is this, yeah. Is this going to get us excited about some of these guys the Texans it's interviewed It's going to get you week? excited as hell about D'Amico Ryans. Okay, good. Good, yeah. good, good. All right, so we'll do that next. We'll get you updated on where things are with the Texans coaching search. Stay there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 